Constructing your life is about much more than just building a bank account. Each week, join real estate entrepreneur and mindset coach Austin Linney as he interviews guests who are constructing their dream lives and impacting the world around them on a daily basis. If you're an entrepreneur or wanting to start a business, or you just want to hear motivating stories of how others have overcome the odds, you are in the right place. And now for your host, Austin Linney. Guys, welcome back to Construct Your Life. This is Austin Linney here. Uh, we have the honor of having uh, Mr. Soto in the house. How are you doing, sir? I'm great, man. Thank you. Who How do you, you have with you with us? This is my wife, Saidi. Saidi. And so she's really the boss. Um, we should just get started. Yeah. Guys, I'll, go I'll ahead. Tell everybody on it. She's the one that writes the check. So, you know. Yeah. Exactly. Guys, before we get started, I just want to thank uh, Mr. Adam Carswell from Dream Chasers for uh, sponsoring this podcast. So make sure you check that out. But what I like to do with my guests is I like for them to tell a story uh, and go from there. So I'll let you get started and you go where you want to. Um, we want to get started. We, we met, what, eight years ago now? No, met a while before that. Yeah, we met a while before that. Started dating about eight years ago. Uh, we've been married for a year and a half now. And um, in the business, as far as construction, uh, we've been doing it for a little over three and a half years now. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's kind of what yeah. um, where our story started. Um, but as far as me... We met and I was working at a cricket store. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with cricket. It's, it's a cell phone store, but on, on the lower end, you know, nothing to do with Verizon or AT&T or anything like that. Uh, and whenever we met, um, I, I, I wasn't going to college. I had dropped out. Um, and the reason for that is I never wanted to do college. I never knew what to do with college. So the only reason I went to college in the first was, you know, to make my parents happy. That's kind of the reason why you know, we came to the United States from, from Cuba. Uh, they wanted a better future for me, but I was going to college for computer science and I still don't know what that means, you know? <laughs> so so um, the, 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 the reason uh, behind it was, you know, making them happy, doing something, you know, it's just so they wouldn't be disappointed in me. Uh, but I never found myself in college and the breaking point was uh, speech class. Um, the minute I knew that I had to take speech class, that was it for me. I was like, you know what? This I'm never going to use this. And here I am. He's in a whole 180. Exactly. Well, <laughs> well, here's what you don't know. Here's what you don't know about me. You probably wouldn't think this. Uh, I have, I used to at least have massaged stage fright and speech was the only class I would ditch. Yeah. Like me, of all people. Like I couldn't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's me. 100%. 100%. So, I, you know, I dropped out. Um, I actually lied to my parents for a whole year. Um, I never told them that I wasn't going to college. So I would get up every day, go have a job, you know, go work and then come back and be like, yeah, yeah, school was fine. So felt horrible about that. Um, so, you know, I meet her and she's like, I need something more out of this. You know, I need you to be doing something more than just working at a cricket store, uh, you know, making $9 an hour. So she said, you have to get back in college. And I did. And I started doing everything online. Did not Hated work it. out. I, I got out the first day. So she said, you know, let's let's work something out. Since day one, she's been pushing me, pushing, <laughs> you know, to do better. So uh, my dad at the time was a truck driver. 
So we sit down, talk to him, and we came out with a plan. And the plan was to sell my car, sell the motorcycle that I had, and just use all my resources, put all my resources together and buy a semi-truck. Um, and that's exactly what I did. Uh, we bought a semi-truck. I, I don't have a CDL license. I don't have a, I don't know how to drive the trucks, uh, but we did, what, what we did was we put a driver on that truck and that driver was bringing in anywhere from 800 to $1,000 a week. And within the first year that we did that, I was able to buy the second truck and during that time, I started working for um, Asurion, which is like an insurance company. And I was a, um, how do you call that? A, a tech coach. A tech coach. Yeah. So, you know, you would call me and I would help you with, you Fix know. Fix your phone or do whatever it correct. is. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And during this time, she was actually in school to be a nurse. Mm -hmm. um, so we were kind of helping each other out with that. So, you know, three years pass, I keep my trucks and you know, we had a lot of issues with that. You know, one week we were making money. The next week, we you had know, to fix the truck. The turbo will go out and yeah. $3,000 will go out the window. So yeah. uh, it, it wasn't as great. Uh, There's a lot of factors that went into it. You know, the company that we would work for, the driver would get sick or not want to work. The truck would break, the weather. A lot of things went uh, into that business. Uh, so three years passed and I'm working from home for the same company and we just, we talk and I'm like, I'm, I'm tired. I need something else, you know? Um, so that's when I started researching stuff and, and I listened to a lot of podcasts, uh, read a lot of books, but the first book, which was, you know, rich dad, poor dad, I think a lot of people start there. Uh, that, that alone just flipped. Triggered. Yeah. That, that flipped the switch in my head. And, and I started looking at everything completely different. I bought it in Spanish for my dad. My dad listened to it. He sold his four hundred plus thousand dollar home. Yeah, he did. He yeah, did. I, I promise you, we our head, our mentality completely switched. You know, he had a new truck with a brand new house by the lake. And after he read that book, he said, "This is we're, we're doing things wrong." So he sold the house. Um, went to live into an apartment. Yes, we went to live in our own apartment. Yes, we we got engaged during that time. We moved out. They said, you know what? My son is not in the house anymore. I'm an only child, by the way. My son is not in the house anymore. We don't need this big house. Plus, we're making all the wrong decisions. They sold the house and went into an apartment. Um, so, and, and at that point, that's where our, our construction journey started mm -hmm. um, with, with that book, you know. It's interesting. As you look, because I, I spent 20 years in the restaurant business and, um, you know, a lot of my friends, Diego, you know, yeah. uh, Christian, you know, somehow I seem to be the token white guy with a lot of Hispanic dudes, uh, <laughs> South American. Maybe it's because I want to move down there. I'm just trying to get used to the, to the lingo. Yeah, right. But uh, what was interesting to me, I have an African-American friend who's an investor out in Memphis and we got to talking and she said, Austin, you just don't understand that these thoughts and these options, like, even the thought of the option, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, is not even taught in those communities. And that's when the light bulb went off to me that like, all you really need is that idea or that thought process to shift and, and everything else can change right behind it. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Honestly, that book for me was, was everything, everything. I learned so much from that book that I, I, 
you know, schools, like you said, you know, public schools, they don't, they don't teach they anything don't teach like this. that. Mm-hmm. So, and my dad, you know, he was, he must've been 40 something at that time. The fact that he didn't know that, mm-hmm. you know, the fact wow. that at, at that late in age, you know, it was still able to, to affect them in, in a positive way. So. I love it. And so uh, how'd you get started in construction? So, you know, I started thinking, you know, we want to do something else. Uh, I had, you know, all the time in the world. I would do so much overtime. At, that, at this point, I was, doing, I was doing chat. So I was a chat agent. Um, I started out, before I even read the book, I started out, oh, I'm, I'm comfortable at home. I can work and watch Netflix, you know? Two months passed by. I, I had seen everything that was in Netflix. I was already bored, bored you know? And I was thinking, this is, this is not life, you know, I, I need to do something else. So that's when I started doing the research, started reading the book, started doing stocks, everything that you could do from online, I started doing. And then I ran into real estate. And at that point, I didn't know anybody that was doing real estate. Again, spoke to my dad and he said, I have a couple of friends that uh, have construction, you know, companies. Um, but, you know, we went to see this guy, he was a painter and he introduced us to the guy that eventually became my mentor. You know, he said, you know what, if you guys really want to do something big, um, I have someone that's selling uh, lots, like pieces of land, and we can meet with them. And that was on a, on a Sunday, we met with him the next day on a Monday. And um, we, we made a deal with him. You know, my dad pretty much said, here's my son, he's full of life, he wants to uh, learn the business. He wants to, you know, do everything else. Um, it'd be great if you teach him how to do drywall or paint or something like that, you know? And the guy looked at me and he said, you know, how old are you? What, what are your goals? And we started talking. He was like, no, you don't need to become a drywall or a paint person. You need to learn how to build homes. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was terrifying. You know, I build a house. I, I don't even know how to do anything, you know, related to building a house. So, uh, he took me under his wing. He took me under his wing and we started from, from the bottom. Uh, at that time I was still working at my old job and then I would go there after work and do whatever I could. Um, but eventually what we did was, um, we got in, into such a great relationship that he said, you need to start investing in, in here and I'll sell you a lot. Uh, and that's what we did. My dad got a, um, equity loan out of one of his houses, one of one of the rentals that he had. And he bought a piece of land and he built himself a house. Uh, me, on the other hand, I took out my 401k. Uh, I sold one out of my two trucks. And with that money, um, I was able to come up with $40,000. We bought our first lot. And then we went in together and we got a construction loan yeah. and we were able to build the first house. It wasn't easy. It was hard. People don't take like new builders, like with open arms, they hate it. They were like, we got so many no's and he would call and say, babe, like, this is not going to happen. Like nobody's accepting me. They will not give me a loan. Like I need somebody to like go in there with me, like, and, um, and kind of explain the situation. And I was like, no, we look. And I was like helping him out. I was like, Walt Disney didn't get started. She you would know, send me messages. I, yes. I would just t- send him like little quotes. And I'm like, it's not, it's not going to be easy, but like, we'll get it. We'll get it. So yeah. then one day we met up with um, 
I think the loan officer that his mentor was using and we both went together for the first time he had been going by himself and we sat down and um, we start kind of connecting and he's like, okay, well, you know him. Like, I, I like your story. Like I'll give you a chance. So we literally, we have a picture of us holding up like our first loan because yeah. we, we ended up getting it. Um, this, this was the fourth bank that I had visited yeah. and it's, it's amazing relationships, you know, they, they, they change a lot of things for you. So the fact that I went with the same bank that my mentor was using mm-hmm. and I told him, you know, I'm, I'm going to be working under him. I got a letter from my mentor saying, I will overlook anything that he does. Uh, as far as this project goes. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I presented him to him that letter. I told him that I was working with them. I took my wife. He saw that we were both in not this wife together. At the time, not wife at the time. I think I was just a girlfriend. And we told him yes. that story. He's like, when are y'all going to get married? Yes. And, yeah. It so I, I took her. He saw that we were looking to work together. And, um, you know, he looked at the bank statements, everything. And uh, he thought about it. He thought about it and he said, yes, you know, I'll, I'll give you the chance. And today we just got off the phone with him. You yeah, know, we're we married now and he, he went through all that process with us. Yeah. Um, he's still helping us on, on everything that we do. So. And how old were you at the time? 24, 24 yeah, 24. almost 25. Yeah. Almost okay. 25. So yay, we got the loan. Yay. We're doing this. And then it's a holy crap. Yes. Yeah. 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 It was a big, big transition because at this point it, he was like all in, like no going back. I mean, he was getting up at five in the morning, going to the construction site at six and would not get home till 10 p.m. I was let go of my job, by the way. Mm-hmm. I was let go of my job 100 percent because whenever we started this construction, I was still working. But I would call out so many times because I wanted to be there. Like today we're pouring concrete on foundation there is no way that I wasn't going to be there to see it and to learn everything that I, that I could, you know? Mm. So I would just say, Hey, I can't make it in today. I have to do such thing. And eventually I just forgot about my day job, did that 100%. And I was let go. You know, I, my head was like completely into construction that I completely forgot to do the right thing and put in my two weeks and do all that. This was for the call center. Yes. 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 Um, so how long did that first build take? Okay. So it took three months to build Mm -hmm. and here's how everything works. Um, I gave him 33% of all profits. Um, in return, I would use his equipments. I would use, uh, his, uh, subcontractors, his license to build, uh, he would continue to sell me lots in his subdivision and he would walk me step by step through everything that, because I, I went from a call center to building a house. I didn't, I didn't know anything. So he would walk me step by step on how to do that stuff. So uh, that's kind of why I had to be there as well. Um, I made a lot of mistakes with this first build. He had four floor plans or five and he said, pick one out of these. And I picked the biggest one, you know, um, and then he said, you know what? I'll let you in charge of the finishes. I picked granite countertops. I picked uh, wooden steps for the stairs. 
I picked brick. He upgraded the whole house. I, crown molding. <laughs> you know, I ended up spending $12,000 over what he spends. So, and this guy did this on purpose. Yes, he did. Yes. yes. Yeah. He did this on purpose. So by the time we were done building the house, he had built the same house, like four lots down. We sold it for the same amount of money. I made $12,000 less just because of the, all the finishes. So at the end, he showed me his numbers, my numbers, and he said, they're going to sell regardless. Yeah. You know, these houses are going to sell regardless. This, this area doesn't call for granite countertops. This area doesn't call for, you know, all the upgrades that you did. Just keep it simple, build the same thing that your neighbors have next door, and you'll, you'll be able to make your profit that way. Uh, so I didn't try to change his, his style of building. You know, I adapted to everything that he was doing. I adapted to what was working for him. And I listened and did everything he said because I was learning from him. A lot of people that were before me, they would go in there and say, oh, I disagree with what you're doing. I'm going to make my own style. You, you are building the, you know, older traditional style home. I want something more modern because that's what's going to sell today. So I, I didn't do that. I adapted to his ways. And uh, eventually, you know, we, we parted ways, you know, two and a half years later. And now I'm doing my own thing. But while I was with them, I never I never went against them. You know, does that make sense? 100 percent. What yeah. did you make off the first house? I'm curious. Do you remember? Yeah. Um, I think like thirty eight, thirty eight thousand dollars. So you put. 40 in mm -hmm. and then you, you came out almost same. So almost yeah. 50. Yeah. And then, well, and then when you sell the house and you obviously get the $40,000 back. Yeah. Of course. Of yeah. And then, yeah. So you took those and just rolled it into the next one. Yeah. Oh, I wasn't negative at all, but you know, seeing his profits and seeing my profits and then learning that, Oh, the other thing is because I built such a bigger home. Yeah. Sat for so long. Okay. It sat for almost six months. You know, uh -huh. so the difference with my dad, he built a smaller home, a one and a half story. So the bonus upstairs on top of the uh, garage, his sold super quick, you mm -hmm. know, and then he had his money back and then he could start all over again. Uh, meanwhile, I was sitting there waiting uh, for my house to sell. So is, is that is that as I'm teaching myself building, I, I grew up in a huge house when I, when I got older, but. I've always thought that I want to stay below 325. Mm -hmm. um, I want to stay below 21,000, 2,100 square feet. Like I think those, you have a bigger buyer pool. Yeah. Is that the rub in building? It's like having four or five models that you can build and then just kind Absolutely. of, because it, because it, what I've noticed, the little that I know, is that the flow of your subcontractors is really how you make money, meaning yeah. the, the framers go in and they hit that one and then they hit the next one. And then yeah. so on, and you kind of keep keep them rolling yeah, around. Scheduling, right. scheduling one hundred percent. So, you know, we saw that house, and we learned a lot from that house. We sat back and we we looked at what we did wrong, and 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 you know, applied the yeah. correct way to do it to the next house. So, on the next house, my dad and I got together, and we said um, we're going to build um, instead of building two one story homes. You know, you're going to do a one story and you're going to do a two story. That way we give the buyer uh, options. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, we also stayed under that. We stayed around that 250 price range. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's everything else above would take so much longer to sell, you know? And you get the same profit because you mm-hmm. build a bigger house, you spend more money building it, you still get the same return. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, so. Um, that's, that's how we went learning. Uh, you know, we, we built, I think, I think I built three houses with um, a construction loan. And on the fourth house, I could do construction loan and cash, mm-hmm. you know, so I could do two at the, at the same time. And mm-hmm. then after that, from that profit, we could do three at the same time. And then we just kept, kept growing that way. Um, and, and that's kind of how it happened. Um, eventually, what we did was we, we started investing in that subdivision. And then we started investing outside of the subdivision. And that's when we really started growing. Uh, the reason why is because we started doing 1,000 square foot homes. Okay. Uh, literally, there are 1,050 square foot homes, three bedroom, two bath, and we were selling for $150,000 and building for around $70,000. Uh, so there was a lot of profit in, uh, in those tiny houses. And we could build three or four just because we weren't putting in as much money. And the lots were were cheaper because mm-hmm. they would be off-market lots that they would buy. And so it wouldn't be directly with the mentor. Mm-hmm. It would be like with the people that had liens on them or that just needed to just sell, sell the lot. So they would buy a little tiny house that was worth nothing, tear that off mm-hmm. for $15,000. They would get the lot and build the house for 70. So then they would also keep the profit that they couldn't from the subdivisions. And I curious a question and you talk to enough builders. Uh, I used to lend money to development and builders mm-hmm. um, here in Texas. Um, I sat during Christmas with a hundred builders, the most successful builders in Texas. And I thought to myself, the only way you lose money in building is your ego. Mm-hmm. Like if you build the right product with, you don't get ahead of your skis, you don't get ahead of too many projects there's, you should, unless you just don't have any idea what you're doing, you should make a profit. I mean, yeah. something like it matters, right? I mean, the, the inventory people want it. I love this thousand square foot deal. I think this is amazing. Yeah. Um, I think that's the route to go that I would want to go for sure too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You, you would see a lot of people just building, you know, 3000 square foot homes and, you know, the best of the best. And I never did that again. I followed his footsteps. Uh, we would go in in the worst, into the worst uh, subdivision, not subdivision, like neighborhoods, you know, uh, trailer parks everywhere. And we would go in, talk to the owner, and she literally sold every single lot for $7,500. And you would just buy the whole street, tear everything down. They had sewer, they had power, they had water. So it was just a, a, a matter of preparing the lots. Uh, because he did only do um, slab foundation. Mm-hmm. So he would say, he said he would save so much money doing that. And later on, I learned that, yes, if you have the equipment, then you can easily prep every single lot and, and do slab foundation and save yourself a lot of money that way. Uh, so that's, that's what we did. I helped him through all that. Uh, with him, I learned how to talk to the inspectors, how to talk to city planning at city hall, um, I learned how to operate every single machine uh, that there is. I learned how to, you know, install the water lines. He's very different from what I'm trying to do now. Uh, this guy will wake up at 5.30 a.m., 
work his entire day, get home at 9 p.m. He is there all day. Yes, yeah. he's there operating the machines. He's there on the site 24-7. Sure. Um, and, you know, his day today, he's like, I'm retiring at 45. He's still got two more years to retire, and he's still doing the same thing. Uh, no matter how much money he has or how much he's making. Um, I'm trying to do things a little bit different. Uh, I want to leverage other people. I want to be able to hire somebody to do that and keep doing other businesses uh, or work up front where I'm getting deals and then have somebody behind me making it happen. Um, I don't know if that, if that makes sense. No, you, you, you're trying to be a lifestyle investor, baby. Yes. That's the way I roll. Um, I learned my lesson. I, I think I, I use an analogy. I think a lot of people in business walk out on a tree limb and they get to the end of the tree limb and they go, why the hell am I on this tree limb? I don't want to be here anymore. Yeah. And so I set up my businesses. How can I leave this business in like two years. Cause I'm like you, I just want to travel. Right. And so is that kind of the, the Genesis by you going off on your own was kind of creating that, that leverage. So us being off on our own, we had talked about it for a long time before we actually parted ways with a partnership. Um, we talked about it so many times because I was like, you're giving him 33%. You already know everything. You're, <laughs> you're so funny because That's I'm hard. that, I'm like that. Literally. <laughs> um, so for, I think we talked about it for about a year mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he, we just could not find the way to tell him that Yeah, we needed it's, to it's like, because he's like, honey, he did so much for me. Like I could never do that to him. You know, like if he needs me here, then I'll be here. But I said, he needs you to take over his company so he could retire. You know, you don't want to be there and still work for somebody like you do not want to do that. So that's, that's exactly what he wanted me to do. Um, and we had talked about it plenty of time. He, he told me, I'll, I will front all the money. I will buy the land and you can come in and make all that happen and we'll work something out. Um, something that I forgot to mention, whenever we started this mentorship with him, I worked with him for free completely 100% free no pay, absolutely. Uh, like she said I would get home you know we live in Lebanon this was in Springfield which is like 45 minutes away almost an hour so during the summer it's 8 30 p.m and it's story, tell the story about the tell the story about the the bobcats on the job site you said that in clubhouse the other day I thought it was the coolest thing ever what do you mean what was that when you when you knew where the bobcat needed to be on Monday yes Yes. Tell that story. I thought I was like six people. Yeah. Yeah. That's a true story. So, you know, I would do whatever it took to be in good terms with them. Um, If, if, if I was in the truck with them, you know, passing your seat and I heard him, you know, making calls, scheduling different things. And if I heard him say, you know, on Monday, we're going to be on this property and we're going to start doing this type of grading or whatever it was, then I knew in my head that the equipment was, you know, 10 minutes away from there. And that if the employees would come in on Monday morning, they would have to set up the trailer, load the equipment, move it to the other property. And that would just take too much time. So I would go in on Sunday, make the delivery, have the equipment right where it needed to be. That way everything will be ready for Monday for everybody to go in and work. And 
by taking that initiative and, and doing those things, I think I, I was able to get his trust and I was able to let him know that I was serious about the business, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how everything worked. If I heard him talking about, you know, I need to do this tomorrow or whatever, even if I couldn't do anything, I would, I would make sure that I would write it down. And the next day at that time, I'd say, Hey, Pedro, uh, I think it's time for us to go. We got to meet with, you know, the city inspector and such and such a lot. And it got to the point where he would be like, I can't make it. Can you go over there and tell them that we need to do this, 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 this. And then I started becoming the face of the company. So at at, at a certain point, it was two of us. And then all the city inspectors now knew me as Pedro's son. You know, it it just became like it became a really, really good relationship between uh, him and I. So but yeah, I I did everything for free at at the beginning. Um, She had a hard time with that. A lot of my friends had a hard time with that. Um, Her mentality wasn't just there yet. She would say, I mean, where where are you from? I love her. She is my favorite human ever. She don't nobody messing with my baby. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. 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 I, well, you know, at the end of the day, right? Um, you know, I look at it from a from a context of this. When you're 80 or 60 years old and you've grown whatever businesses have you grown, like that, you know, yeah, it might not be great on the surface, but that one relationship changed your vehicle for business for the rest of your life. Like 100 percent 100 and that's what people didn't understand you know they would say uh he's taking advantage of you even though employees the subcontractors they would say wow you're doing all this and he's not paying you one penny uh because you know towards the end he would go on vacation for 15 days and i would i would be the one closing on the houses walking the houses building the houses everything you know so and I liked it personally, uh, because at that time I was controlling everything. I was doing everything. So he would build 10, 15 houses at the same time. I would build three, four houses at the same time. So in my head, the way I looked at it was instead of getting the experience of three houses, I'm getting the experience of 15 houses, mm-hmm. you know? So, and every house is different, even though we were building the same houses, Every house was different. Every house had its own issues. Um, and then I was getting that experience. I was getting everything. So people didn't think of it like that. They would say, he's, he's, he's taking advantage of you. You're doing everything for free. Uh, and eventually I did know how to do everything. And you know, his son, thankfully, thankfully, <laughs> thankfully his son stepped in. His son was like 21 at, at that time. He said, dad, I want to learn stuff. And then we just kind of took that opportunity and we said, look, I think you got this. We're out. (laughs) I think your son should definitely be the one in front of all this. You know, at the end of the day, you're going to give him everything. Uh, And it worked out perfectly. It worked. And this was 2020, the the beginning of 2020. Mm. Okay. And let's talk about where your business had, but I also want to talk about that deal that you did that that you're famous for now i'm surprised i could get you on the podcast that's oh stop funny. it yeah, that's funny. <laughs> so um we had no rentals while working with them all we did literally was 
build houses, sell them, put the money back in the company and repeat. So that's one of the reasons why she was upset because at this time she was the one paying the bills. Mm-hmm. You had already graduated for nursing. She would pay all the bills. Um, we had one truck working, but it wasn't doing all that great. It was, it was a big shock to me because in my family, my mom has always taught me the guy pays the bills. Mm-hmm. You keep your money, but he pays the bills. And so coming out of school, I had my career and I was like, wait, like we, at this point, we weren't even married yet. We were just engaged. And I was like, what am I going to keep from this? Like, what am I doing? I'm literally just helping him start up his business Mm -hmm. and I'm doing everything so he could do it. And it was just such an awful feeling. And, um, my mom, I feel like my parents were a huge, like influence in me feeling this way. Why are you doing this? Why are you allowing him to do this? And for a long time, we were just arguing nonstop. And I said, when are we going to get money? You know, like, when is this money coming in? Because we were just reinvesting it into the business. And I was like, I'm not seeing a single penny. You're not even home. And I'm just here stuck going to work and paying the bills. So I kept her in the dark a lot. So in one of those arguments, I pulled up my phone and logged into the account of the construction company. I said, here's where we're at. Here's what we're doing. And it was a larger amount. And I did it on purpose. Right when we sold two houses, I was like, look, this is what we're doing, you know? And she was surprised, you know, that in two years we could get to that level. And then things started changing a lot. You know, she started understanding a little bit more. Uh, We started talking into buying rentals so we could, you know, add money into our personal lives as well. So, you know, 2020 happened. COVID hit. Yes. 2020 happened. You know, we're no longer in this partnership and we're getting ready to start building. And then the pandemic hits. Mm -hmm. So as soon as the pandemic hits, how many houses did we have? We had three houses on the market or four. No, three. We had three houses houses on on the market. Two of them fell through, two of the deals fell through and we're Mm -hmm. like, oh my gosh, we cannot keep building. Like if banks are going to be lending out to these people, we can't have these houses keep sitting because we're going to have to start paying mortgages to these houses or like we're going to keep paying the construction loans, you know? Mm -hmm. So um, we're like, oh my gosh, thankfully, I think two deal, two houses of the two deals fell through like two months. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they they were just having a very, they were already approved and everything, but it would just fall off new guidelines would come in and they would have to, again, uh, you know, reapply to buy the house and stuff like that. So it took very long time. So as soon as the pandemic hits, here we are looking to start building on our own. We can't. Uh, lumber prices yeah. triple in price. The windows are nowhere to be found. So everything just completely changed. Um, yeah. So we just had to adapt, you know, uh, we had to adapt. So what we did was we started buying some rentals. rentals. Um, we bought one rental for $35,000. We put about $4,000 in, rented it for $900. That was my first. I was like, okay, well, we can we can make something happen out of this. Um, and then we bought two more for about the same thing, about $35,000. Uh, put a little bit more money, rented for $12,000, $1,300. And we were liking what we were doing because those houses could appraise for so much more. You know, we owned them cash. And we were in, you know, $50,000, but we could sell them for $160,000, $170,000 uh, after everything that we had done. 
And it was the, during the pandemic. So literally we would do a lot of work ourselves. You know, we didn't want to be stuck at home. Nobody was doing anything. So we just go and work on those houses on our own. So we saved a lot of money that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the deal that you were referring to, uh, this was actually one of the houses that we bought for 35, the last one. Uh, the, the way that I found that house was by driving for dollars. Uh, drove by the house. I saw that it had plywood over the windows, you know, the, the front yard, which is completely overgrown. So I called the city and talked to uh, the city inspector. And, you know, I told him, hey, you know, David, I, I have this, you know, property here that I'm looking at. Uh, the address is so-and-so. Do you have any information on it? And he said, I, I can't give you much. But what I can give you is the address to um, the owner. And the owner lived like an hour away um, from, mm-hmm. from where we're... Out of state. Yeah, it was like in Kentucky. Yeah, we're in, we're in Nashville. He's, he was in Kentucky. So we drove down there. And this girl sat there with this guy, older man, and started crying. I was so embarrassed. Not like, like hey, give me your property. But we started like making a relationship together. And we started talking about our families. And yes. the wife made us like... Um, little treats to go and everything. She's like, no, call me. We spent like two hours talking to that couple. And, you know, she got sentimental and she started telling her what she did. So they they said, yes, you know, we'll sell you the property. So we buy that one rental at the closing table uh, of us closing that first rental. I tell them, hey, Leroy, you know, if you have anything else that's giving you a headache, uh, let me know. I know, you know, you're looking to get out of the business and I'm looking to get started. And he kind of looked at me and laughed and said, like saying, you're not ready for this, you know? And he said, I actually, I actually do. You know, I have 10 houses and he started describing them. I have 10 houses. The tenants are horrible. They haven't paid in like three months. Um, I haven't raised the rent in 15 years from $450. So, you know, and he's like, I've never done any work on it. We got scared right away we, we went to look at the houses and mm-hmm. we were like we talked about it and we're like no this we're just not going to do this yes so um but you know after doing the numbers and seeing yeah. that they worked out uh it, it was just common sense yeah we went it. back we talked to him um at this point he was about to have like um heart surgery mm-hmm. and i was working at the hospital that he was gonna have surgery in yeah. and it just worked out and he was like i like you guys i, I like what you're doing so let's do it so then I was like, okay. So I literally came home, we wrote up contracts and he was like, I'll sign, like, I don't need to read it. Like, this is like a, like, we'll, we'll make it happen. Yeah. And I asked him, I was like, how much you want, you know, for, for, earnest, money. for earnest money? He stands up, looks at me and just shakes my hand, shake, shakes the hand, shakes my hand, you know? Yeah. And um, to me, that was perfect. I was like, this guy is very old school. There's no yeah. way he'll ever break yeah. his word, you know? So how much did you how much did you grab all 10 for? 350. Yeah, 300. They're all identical. They're all two yeah. bedroom, one bath. It's it's I don't have the drawing here, but picture four tiny houses along the side of the road. Mm-hmm. And between the two in the middle, there's a driveway that goes uh back there and it does a, a cul-de-sac. And mm-hmm. around that cul-de-sac, there's six, six more houses, more. and that's in two acres. So for three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Um, we were able to get those 10 and the average rent is around a thousand to $1,200. There was area. another investor in the picture. 
Mm-hmm. So he, I think like by the time that we had already had the contract, he was like, is this going to work out? Because um, the, the, I think the city was giving us a hard time with houses because they were, it just didn't fit in with the coats that they had there. So they were giving us a hard time. We had to push back the closing one time and he called us and he's like, Hey, like, are, do you guys really want this? Because like, what, like what's going on? There's another investor that's offering me another $50,000 on top of what you guys have. And we were like, yeah, I mean, we're still working on it. Like we still have this and that. And um, he was like, okay. So he let the other investor go. He was like, I gave you my word. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. I (laughs) I thought he was, you know, pushing me to get close the deal. But then after meeting with him again and talking to his wife, I saw that it was actually true that he was getting these calls Mm -hmm. um, with people offering him more money, you know, for, for the property. Um, and the way that we made this property work was actually by putting a lien on the first rental that we bought. The one that we only put four thousand dollars in. Yes, the one that we like below forty thousand dollars renting for nine hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bank because it's such a local bank unique. No, because oh. it's such a unique, a unique situation property. Unique property they need it thirty percent down or something like that mm-hmm. uh, for us to buy the house. So we like just hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. So we just put a lien on that property. And, and we, ha- we had to put no money down at all. So the, the house that we have $40,000 in, rented for 900, mm-hmm. appraised enough to work as a down payment for the We're other like, we 10 We don't care houses. if we lose that house, we want the 10. Yeah. Yeah. So that's how that kind of worked. I never heard putting a lien on that property to secure the loan. That, that, that is one of the most creative deals I've ever heard. I love yeah. that. Yeah. So we were able to do that. The bank was a little iffy about, you know, giving us the loan because um, it, we, he, it was such a unique property that he couldn't get any uh, comps or anything like that. What do you think the value of the 10 houses will be once you fix it up? I think each, I, 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 I know for a fact that each I'll be able to sell for either a hundred or $120,000 each. So 1.2. Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing. Now, here's the kicker, though. Maybe I should say this offline. But instead, what you can sell. Please do sell. Take the money. But you can also take loans off against the portfolio mm-hmm. to secure construction loans. So there's so many options available. There's so many options to yeah. this. So yeah. we're, we're investing. Some houses are in great shape. Two of them are completely burnt down. Um, so, so far we're average 20 to $25,000 fixing the houses. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, I paid $35,000 for each at the end of the day, I'll have Mm $60,000 that we all in into the houses per house. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, that's 60, 600, 600,000. I'll be making double my money. Uh, if anything, you know, uh, and if a crazy guy comes in and he offers me what I'm wanting, you know, yeah. then, then I'll let it go. So, no, I love that. And what's interesting about situations like that is that ultimately, a con- like I bought a property similar. Uh, mm-hmm. The guy didn't want any uh, agents. He only sold to me, even though it was in a hot neighborhood. Mm-hmm. The connection, the relationships, once again, relationships come full circle to why you got the deal done. Mm -hmm. Uh, He could have easily 
got the extra 50,000. Yeah. Well, he didn't want it. And, and so I think, I don't think enough people when they're buying properties or doing deals actually find out the true motivation of the seller. I don't think they, they, they ask the right questions personally, just in my yeah. opinion. I, um, well, you know, um, I, I met with Max Maxwell mm-hmm. and I got a video with him on, on IG and literally yesterday, uh, someone commented on that video and they said, um, you know, congratulations, something, uh, but this was pure luck, you know? It's my blood boil. I was like, well, there's so much that went into this, you know, one, me driving around looking for the houses, uh, finding the actual house, contacting the city, making things work, meeting with them, not being the type of guy that just wants to take advantage, but actually listening to the sellers and, you know, she did a great job building a relationship with him, you know? And there was so like the fact that I asked after the say after the first property, you know, do you have any, there's so much, mm-hmm. uh, the creative way of closing the deal, you know, a lot of work was put into this deal. And when people say, Oh, you just, you just got lucky. Um, I feel like it's, it's all the work that goes in behind it for you to put yourself in that situation to be able to find deals like that, you know? Well, I'll just say it for you. Cause you're a super nice guy. Uh, Go fuck yourself uh, yeah. because, uh, you know, I've lost 70 pounds and this wasn't luck. It's, exactly. it's working out every day, yeah. you know, not fighting my addiction. So, I, you know, I can't stand when people do stuff. You know, what do they say? Overnight success happened for 15 years, you know. So and we were out there working, putting in the work. And, um, man, first podcast, crushed it. You are the luckiest man in the world because this woman next to you is my favorite human on the planet now. I can't wait to hang out with her. Uh, (laughs) Me and her will be yelling at people at the same time. Get out of here. That's right. (laughs) Count me in. Where where are you? Are you you from the States or? No, I was born in Mexico. We came here. My family and I came here when we were, when I was seven. Okay. I did. Do you like soccer or no? No. I'm just asking because because that's where the Mexicans get so aggressive, and I figured if if you pair her her with soccer, watch out. Yeah. No, I'm just spicy. <laughs> oh my goodness, yeah. Especially, I'm I'm surprised. You know, we're being all we haven't had breakfast. Yeah. So this is like the time where she starts elevating. I, I, I did. You know? I was kind of upset before this, and I was like, I'm so hungry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we're done, guys. So we're good. If people want to find out more about you, how would they do that? Uh, mainly on Instagram. Yeah. Instagram. Uh, my, my handle is soto.pelaez. Uh, that's P E L A E Z. Yeah. And mine is at Saidi.ibeth. I-B-E-T-H. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to be in Nashville for a couple of days in May and all this stuff. So I'm excited. What's that? Let us know. So we don't book vacations during that time. Yeah, I did. But Hey, if you want to move, you're building to Austin. Um, you you could they uh, my friends put in three offers yesterday, a hundred k over asking, not accepted. They accepted wow. the better offer. So if you want to move to Austin and start building, let me know. I have everything ready. So. Okay. There you go. Yes. There you go. <laughs> We're open to moving. <laughs> we'll, hey, listen, we'll sell it before you even put one worker on the place. That's how okay. easy it is out here. Yeah. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. That's Well, guys, if you like this episode, make sure you send it out to your friends and we'll see you next time.
Thank you. Thank you for listening to Construct Your Life with Austin Lenny. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate, review, subscribe, and pay it forward by sharing with a friend. Most importantly, take this opportunity to start constructing your life by taking immediate action on what you learned. For show notes, resources, and more information on one-on-one coaching with Austin, visit constructyourlifepodcast.com.